Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Investor Lab. My name's Goofs. It's Gabby. And today we are digging into a topic that we are extremely, extremely passionate about. We're going to be covering the three tips for building a portfolio that can survive and thrive no matter what happens. Now, Gabby was a little bit uh, trepidatious about this title, weren't you, Gabby? (laughs) Yeah, I was. Now, the reason she was a little bit trepidatious about this is because she thought, is this a little too hype? And in this episode, I am going to prove to you why it is not hype and why these principles are the keys to you building a successful and safe portfolio. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme, but this is the keys to unlocking a life of freedom, choice, and abundance, and I can guarantee you that. Now, This episode is absolutely perfectly suited to anyone who is considering whether or not they should get into the market right now or not. The reason being, we talk about the difference between a buyer's market and a seller's market. We talk about the three principles you need to follow in order to make sure you're building a resilient, robust, profitable, and and repeatable portfolio. And we also cover some interesting facts and stats that, that we've been able to achieve with some of our clients over the past year using these principles. Now, we're also going to talk about a couple of different opportunities that you have if you want to engage a little further. There's an opportunity in there to uh, work with one of our property management partners as well, as well as the opportunity to work with our buyer's agency service. So if you are someone who's considering getting into the market, we'll be talking about this. I encourage you to have a listen to this episode. We do talk about the two different types of people who are currently out there at the moment, the fortune tellers and the action takers. And if you do want to work with this, then I encourage you to head to dashdot.info forward slash application. There'll be a link in the show notes. And if you're not yet ready to jump into the market, there is no better place on the internet to be than our online community. And I can guarantee you that that's my promise to you and a personal guarantee that this will be the most rewarding thing that you will do with your year and particularly in isolation is to join the Investor Lab community. The way you can do that is by heading to the investorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. Inside that community, we're going to be sharing insider access only tips, tricks, tools, strategies, principles, and philosophies all designed to help move you to wealth. Now, if that sounds like something you're interested in, go check it out. I know that this episode is going to be highly impactful and highly valuable to you. Gabby, do you have anything you want to add? Let's do it. Let's do it. See you on the inside. Hey guys, welcome to the (laughs) Investor Lab. My name's Goose. My name's Gabby. And you are... Well, congratulations, I want to say to you, because you have found your way to the auditory epicenter for passionate people seeking to create a life of freedom, choice, and abundance. On this podcast, we're going to be talking about the economy. We're going to be talking about um, amazing tips that you can use to build a portfolio that is going to survive and thrive no matter what happens. But we're also going to be talking about some real-life results. Because a lot of people... um, there's a lot going on, shall we say, at the moment. Social media use is at an all-time high. Everyone's just getting bombarded with the information. I want to talk about a few really interesting stories. But first, before we get stuck too far into that, Gabby, how are you today? I am tired. I'm sleepy today. Good, yeah. though. Good diet. I didn't sleep very well, but feeling good. Lots happening. There is Never a lot bored. Happening. Never Always bored. Always busy. <laughs> Always busy. <laughs> how are you? 
I'm actually really good. I'm actually really good. I had a bit of a flat day yesterday. I had a bit of a flat day. Now, and I think that's going to be pretty common. Uh, I think a lot of people can probably relate to that, yeah, particularly in this current environment. Yeah, I had a really flat day. Well, we've got a bunch of values and principles that we run our business by. So one of those is integrity and discipline. And I really tried to dig into that, despite the fact that I probably feel a little bit like you today. Yesterday, I just dug in the heels and and, and went for it. And uh, and I, I feel awesome today. I'm absolutely pumped. I'm over the moon. I'm really excited. One of the reasons I'm, I'm super excited, actually, is because of what we've got going on at the moment. Now, obviously, we've got this uh, amazing podcast, okay, the Investor Lab, and you're listening to that or you're watching that because this is on YouTube, it's on Facebook, it's in a multitude of places. We're a multi-dimensional, multi-format, <laughs> multi-platform, multi-skilled, multi-faceted, uh, dynamic <laughs> duo. Is that enough stuff? Where are you going with that? I'm going wherever I want. I'm not really sure. <laughs> now, um, the point being though that aside from the podcast, we've actually, um, just in case you're not fully, you know, blissfully, uh, and abundantly aware, we actually have a couple of projects, right? The Investor Lab podcast is one. This is our way of communicating with the world and bringing value. And we really hope that if you're listening to this, this brings value to you too. We also have really two other core projects. One of them is the Investor Lab community, which you can check out at theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. I encourage you to check that out. But the other one is our buyer's agency business. Now, for those of you who aren't aware... I'm not quite sure how you would be unaware, but for those of you who aren't aware, we run an investor-focused real estate buyers agency called Dashdot, and we're super, super pumped with the results that we have been getting for our clients. And I want to kind of lean into a few things in this episode. I want to talk about some of those results, and but I want to talk them not not in a not in a way um, that we're shrouding the episode with braggadocio. What I actually want to do is position this in a way that is going to help people understand how to navigate the current environment and current market conditions and really get something out of it. So my, my goal really, if I, could, if I could set an intention for this podcast, is I want people to, to be more informed and more empowered at the end of it to, to take advantage of this opportunity. Nice. Sound good? Great. I got there in the end. We went from we went from having many faces to taking action, so that was good. <laughs> um, right, so let's talk about the current market for a minute though because a lot of people are – there's really two types of people that we see in the market, right, at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. There are fortune tellers. <laughs> they're the ones that are waiting for the headlines to change and they're, you know, they're sitting on they're, – they're like guesstimating into the future about what they think may happen, what they – think might happen and they were really waiting to follow the herd. Hmm. Yep. You know, and I'm certain that somebody listening to this is like, ah. Hmm. Yeah, you, I'll, I'll wait. It's about to drop. I'll wait. Yeah, I'll or, wait. or I read today in the Herald Sun that this is going to happen. Uh, these are the people that are following the crowd, following the herd. They are the ones that are, that are just living, you know, in, in guest land. On the other side of the coin... We have got people who are pragmatic action takers. Now, traditionally, they're the people that are actually going to get further ahead. Um, and I'm going to talk about why. Right now, we're in a buyer's market. Do you know what that means? Do you want to tell us? Yeah, absolutely. So, there are really only ever three states of any market. 
There's buy, there is a buyer's market, a seller's market, and a balanced market, okay? Now, interestingly, what we saw earlier in the year is we were definitely moving in, in a lot of places. We were definitely moved, we had moved into a seller's market. So what a seller's market is, is when the, the demand is exceeding the supply. That means there's more buyers, less sellers. Sellers have more control, harder to negotiate good prices, um, you know, it's it's definitely a tougher market. You know, we were before the coronavirus uh, kicked off. We were starting to see situations where there was like 130 people going through an open home and stuff like this. You know, it was it was it was getting hectic. A buyer's market, well, a balanced market is is in the middle. Actually, I'll come back to that. But a buyer's market is the is the opposite. A buyer's market is where there is more supply than demand. Now, obviously. You don't want to go too far into a buyer's market in a in a general macro sense because if there is way more supply than there is demand, that's going to inhibit growth. But in an environment like this, this is caused by societal health, economic. You know, these are these are you know different forces. We're not talking about the fact that there are you know a ten thousand uh, apartments being built right next to a, a house, and that's the supply and demand issue. Mm-hmm. There, we're talking about um, on a human psychology level. Mm-hmm. So. Being in a buyer's market right now is amazing. It's amazing. Now, that does not mean, can I just clarify this? This does not mean that you should be going around chasing 20 and 30% drop-offs in price, okay? Because that's what we that, that's a terminology we say trying to catch a falling knife, right? You're going to get cuts. You're going to get hurt. Now, so I want to talk about this. I'm going to expand on this. Gabby, you know, I tend to go around in about a million different circles. I really want you to I really I, I, I get lost in my own uh, I get lost in my own tangential um, excitement. So I really want you to just spearhead in and just 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 cut me off if you're not clear about anything that I'm saying. Right? Yeah for sure yeah. Okay so 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 in a in a buyer's market at the moment what we're seeing is we're seeing greater opportunity to have frank open, realistic discussions, negotiations, and forthright communication with vendors, agents, all of that kind of stuff. Of course, you've still got the classic agents out there saying, oh, I've just had another record week. I've just had another record month. And it's like, <clears throat> yeah, okay, that's cool. All right, awesome. And I'm, I'm absolutely delighted for you. But when you hear five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten of them all say, you start to go, hmm, are you sure? Because the data <laughs> says a little differently uh, to me. Uh, interestingly, though, one of an agent that we've actually um, bought properties from a number of times um, uh, in the Ipswich area. Actually, I spoke to him yesterday, and we, and we discussed he, he, we discussed that point exactly. And he, he said, "Look, any any agent that says that they're having a record month, well, you know, maybe <laughs> m- maybe maybe they should show you some of the records or whatever." Yeah. Anyway. I actually think it's really it's really quite interesting. Then when you speak with agents and they they're more transparent about it's it's kind of quiet at the moment. You're like, oh, I like you even more. I trust you even more. <laughs> well, totally, totally. Because here's the point in a negotiation, right? A lot of people um, make a mistake in negotiation. I'm quite proud of my negotiation skills. And in fact, when we actually look at our track record, our average uh, under market value negotiation at the point of purchase is about $26,000. Now, that's not for every purchase, of course, but... I'm quite happy with with the way that I go about navigating properties, and the reason for that is because it's not based on bringing a sledgehammer to a chess game. It's based on playing chess, right? Mm-hmm. And to play chess, you really need to understand your opponent, right? And if you can build that bridge, 
and and you can find out really where they're at, what's going on, and you can be much more strategic about it. And you can actually be kind. Now, hmm. I'm a I'm a lover, not a <laughs> fighter, right? And and I, I I I win I win wars with love. And the way to do that is to build genuine connection and to and to navigate a situation which is going to ultimately be beneficial to everyone based on the hopes, dreams, needs, desires, wants of the other party involved, right? Mm-hmm. So it's much better to get to a frank conversation with an agent than it is to be like, what's the best price? <laughs> that doesn't really work. Anyway, well, off on a little tangent. So uh, it's currently a buyer's market, which is sick, which is awesome, right? But as I mentioned a moment ago, there's a real risk right now, a real deep and genuine danger, I would say, of people chasing losses. So some of the areas that have been affected the most, and we can talk about this actually. So we've got about, um, I think about six clients settling this week. Is that right, Gabby? Yeah, six this week, yeah. Six settling this week, which is uh, 20, uh, 20, I can't remember, over 20 um, just in the last couple of months, which is amazing. And we're really pumped about that. And, and universally, we're getting really great results for, for all of them. We'll talk about that in a moment. But... What we're seeing at the moment across the board is a couple of really interesting challenges. Lenders are devaluing, oh, sorry, um, valuers are devaluing properties in certain areas, and lenders are a lot more skittish. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had a very, a few very, very, very interesting discussions in the last twenty-four hours, which can highlight this case in point. One of our clients uh, lives in a suburb called Tugan, which is in the Gold Coast. Now, that suburb, massively, heavily impacted by um, tourism downturns and all of that kind of stuff. Now, he was in the process of doing a refinance for his property. And as a result, his property value has been downgraded and his available equity has been, has been massively contracted, like d- d- dramatically contracted. Hmm. Uh, so, that presents a challenge. Vice versa, I've been talking over the last we- a few weeks with some of Australia's leading um, researchers and economists and all of that kind of stuff. And they've actually been saying that in other areas, despite despite the fact that there is um, tourism impact and stuff like that, they've not been downgrading or seeing any devaluation in assets, places in some places in the Sunshine Coast, for example. This is just this is just to, to use case in point. I'm not suggesting go and buy in the Sunshine Coast, but this is just the, the, the examples. So does that mean that you should go and try and chase the places where the price decline is the greatest? What do you think? No. Why? Because you're not value investing, then you're just chasing bottom dollar when you might end up investing in something that's not worth investing in. Yeah, there's something broken about the fundamentals. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are really great deals out there. Um, you know, uh, a friend of mine, Jacob Field, uh, I think he mentioned on the oh, on a previous episode, he, he was looking at buying a hotel because it was like 60% off. <laughs> you know, there are amazing opportunities out there and let's not discount that fact that there are going to be amazing <laughs> opportunities out there. However, more than ever, it's it's critical to stick to your core investing strategy, and and that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So, first things, uh, to take advantage of the current market conditions because if you wait for the headlines to turn, you're already going to be too late. 
if you wait uh, for the rest of the herd and the rest of the crowd to start rushing back into the market, well, you're too late. Mm. You are too late. What you want to be doing is buying now, right now, so that when they start moving back into the market, the rest of the people, the general populace, once the headlines start turning, you are going to see the uptick. You are going to ride that rise up. That's how it works and that is the way to take advantage of this market. But do not try and chase areas that have had 20 and 30% declines because they are typically areas that have got underlying fundamental issues. They could be affordability issues. They could be tourism issues. They could be all kinds of things. It could be areas of high mortgage stress. You know, areas like Cranbourne, Hoppers Crossing, mm. you know, different places like that. There are areas in Melbourne which are going to be um, which are going to have a lot of for sales, and areas in Sydney which have a lot of for sales. Reason being, people can't afford to hold them. That's like the whole that's the whole antithesis of what we're about. You know, people that have investors that have negatively geared their portfolios are struggling, and that's just a fact. That's not an opinion. That is just a fact. Okay, so if you really want to take advantage of this market, there are three tips that we want to talk about today. Three tips for building a portfolio that can survive and thrive no matter what happens. Now, Gabby, you wanted you didn't want that to be the title of this episode. <laughs> no, I didn't. And why didn't you want it to be the title of the episode? Um... I think because it's it's still an uncertain market. There's still a lot of uncertainty and I didn't want us to come across as though we're spooking some magical solution, even though like I believe in what we're talking about and I believe that, you know, these are the fundamentals that will secure your strategy moving forward. Yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of spooky kind of headlines at the moment, and I was just a bit worried. Well, there's about. a lot of fear, right? Let's let, yeah. Let, yeah, let's break it down. There's a lot of fear, okay? And when I said Gabby, what we're going to be talking about today is the three <laughs> tips for building a portfolio that's, that can survive and thrive no matter what happens. She was like, oh, but but you know, there's so much going on. Fear. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, but is that true? And I was like, well, I'm I'm happy to change it, except for the fact that it is actually all true. So we're not changing it and this is what we're going to talk about. And I will robustly, I will robustly stand by everything we talk about in this and I will stand by these principles because these are the principles by which we run our business. These are the principles by which you can invest and have the highest chance of safety, security and success. There are ways to make more money faster. This is not it. This is not some get-rich-quick scheme. This is not some... You know, suddenly you're going to end up with 30 million properties and 100 billion dollars, and you can retire. In fact, I was on the I was on the phone I was on the phone yesterday with someone who wanted to come and work with us, and I actually said, "No, you cannot come and work with us because they were transfixed by the idea that they thought they could get rich quick with this." And I just said, "Look, no," and they just weren't emotionally ready. And I turned them away. I said, "No, sorry, you're not the right. You, no, you got to go now." So this is not about getting rich quick. This is about getting wealthy safely. Massive difference. Yep. Massive, massive, massive difference. There are absolutely 100% ways that you can get faster profits. Uh, you can get higher returns in a shorter period of time, um, you know, including business and a whole, whole multitude. We could do a whole – there's a gamut of different things. 
but it's about risk it's about risk management as well and this is the whole point mm-hmm. okay which i think which i think going back to the the fortune tellers versus action takers analogy it's like the ones that are trying to foresee the future so that they can grab a quick fortune they're it's very it's very short term game and it's like this isn't real estate isn't a short term game it's not trading you're not trading stocks it's it's real estate it's investing for a long term so don't go chasing chasing quick wins in a market that is it the game is built for the long long term yeah yeah you can move fast let's not beat around a bush you can move fast you can move really fast but it comes with risk yep like if you wanted to buy if you wanted to buy five six properties in a year is it possible um probably it would be pretty risky though you'd have to and you would have to pull a lot of different challenging levers and and so well, certainly it's not something I would recommend in fact it, and it's and that's not what we that's not what we're here for that's not what we're about what we are about what we stand for is helping people to achieve a life of freedom choice and abundance now that freedom choice and abundance does not come with fear does not come with stress does not come with risk you know it comes with joy and happiness and safety and security and certainty right and this is what we want to do so how can you build an all-weather portfolio how can you build a portfolio that's going to survive and thrive no matter what happens which does sound bold but my goal is to tell you how that's going to work right and it's and it's not rocket surgery here's the thing a lot of people talk about oh i've got this secret hack a magic formula i've got this i've got this big idea that if you just um you wave your magic wand and do this thing and follow my my secret secret solution um it's the one thing that is going to solve you right we call this the holy trinity our three tips is our holy trinity strategy yes that is a cute name right <laughs> but this is this is rooted in logic. In my experience, and if you're listening to this, I am certain that you will agree. If you have an idea that is rooted in logic and it can be easily explained, then it has a higher chance of success. So let's dig into it. So tip number one, focus on positive cash flow. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why? Well, Firstly, let's talk about what does that even mean. Well, okay, why? Well, f- great, because you can't take bricks and mortar to the shops to buy your groceries. It's that simple, right? It is that simple. Can you can you um, accelerate your paper wealth, so numbers in, numbers on paper, faster uh, than positive cash flow? Yes, you can, mm-hmm. except for the fact that you can't pay the bills with, with that paper. With, with that. And what I'm talking about is equity. You could potentially, if you chase growth and not cash flow. So if you are chasing um, 9% growth, capital growth, but negative cash flow, technically it, your, your, your net worth will go up faster. Your net worth will go up faster, but you'll have a massive cash flow risk. Real estate investing is like a business, okay? And, and businesses live and die on cash flow. That is just the facts. If you can't pay the bills, no one really cares what your portfolio or your business is worth because it isn't worth shit if you can't pay the bills. It is that simple. 
Now, if you have a if you have a ten million dollar property that's growing at nine percent a year, and you're like, oh my god, I'm the best investor in the whole world, and you can't pay the bills, and you are forced to sell, guess who gets to dictate what you sell that for? Not you, the buyer. Okay, and that is what we're seeing: positive cash flow. This is not the solution to getting rich quick. This is the solution to getting rich safely. <laughs> you need to buy properties that can wash their own face, cover all their own expenses. And I'm not just talking about the mortgage. I'm talking about rent. Uh, sorry, sorry. I'm talking about um, rates, uh, property management, all of that kind of stuff. Now, what we see sometimes now, just to just to, I'm getting I'm getting riled up. I'm getting passionate <laughs> about this because this is this is it. I can't explain this enough. This is the ho- these three principles are the entire reason we've started our property journey in wanting to help other people. Because if you can get this right, guys, if you can get this right, it's not rocket science. Just keep doing this and you'll be fine, right? So positive cash flow. Now, the way to work that out, whether it's positive, net positive cash flow, is to work out all the expenses of the property. So including your, really depending on your um, the lending situation you've got so what's your lvr what's your interest rates all of that kind of stuff um that's going to dictate the buoyancy of the cash flow but then also all of the um expenses associated with the property multiply the weekly rent by 52 to get your annual rent divide that by the purchase price of the property you will get your gross yield right then you can then you can uh overlay that against your expenses and you can understand your net yield you need it to be net positive yield okay mm-hmm. now Great way to reduce a great way to great some great places to find high yields are in Queensland. But also, what we've found with our clients in Queensland is that also some sometimes the expenses are really it's more high. Expensive, yeah. Yeah. So so and this is something to consider. We've got places like Mackay and Townsville, which I actually I actually believe that they are going to perform strongly from a growth perspective over the coming five to ten years I, I do I, I've and I've spoken to a lot of researchers about this and I, I have a deep belief that that is the truth it's still a challenging environment to go into you know a lot of people have been burnt in places like Mackay a lot of people have been burnt in places like Townsville but the thing the thing is when you're in places like that because property management rates are higher insurance rates are higher council rates are higher that means that you can see a property which has say you know seven percent yield and you're like how wonderful but it could be the cash flow equivalent or it could be the net yield equivalent of a 5.5% yielding property in I don't know South Australia just for example so that's something you really need to take into consideration now a great way to reduce or sorry to increase your net yield is to reduce your property management rate and we have a partnership with your bonza Um, we'll put a link in the show notes where you get a really great opportunity to get to like it's like a couple of months. Uh, I think it's a couple of months free. It's three months at the moment. Yep. Three months free property management. Yeah, yeah. Just that's that's a current promotion in lieu with the current environment. Um, but ongoing, it's three point nine percent. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, and they're a great partner of ours. In fact, um, I think we're going to get them on the show at some point to talk about what they do and how they do it and, and actually how they get it so cheap. But they're doing property management at 3.9% and it's using real people. Actually can't recommend them highly enough. They're really great. Um, check out the link in the show notes. So now just back to this. So positive cash flow. Have we got the point across with that? Yeah, I think the important thing with positive cash flow is if you're new to investing, you might think the principles sound all good. You know, you think the goal is like, okay, well, we'll gradually stack up, you know, a couple hundred, couple thousand of positive cash flow every year. And, you know, that's how you build your passive income and 
that's how you retire. And a lot of people get confused because they're like, they can't see that lining up. And they're like, that's very, it's a very long game to gradually add maybe a couple hundred dollars with each purchase. But I think the point is about it's a security play. Yeah. Rather than building your passive income immediately, it's it's the security to be able to access the equity that you're building and there's lower risk of losing it and it's just it's this Boom. security piece rather than a passive income piece per se. Boom. You hit the nail squarely on the head because a lot of people who decry positive cash flow, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you get a 6% yielding property and what's that going to do? Give you like $1,000 a year? Mm-hmm. What, you need to buy a hundred to have re- retire on $100,000 passive income? I, I know very few people have achieved 100 properties. They're not a couple, right? But not that many. That's not the strategy, guys. The strategy is not to get a six, get a bunch of six percent yielding properties, and suddenly you'll be able to retire rich. Yes, that will go up over time. Yes, rents will increase in line with inflation. Yes, it will become more than a thousand dollars over time. Of course, one hundred percent. That's how it works. The aim of the game, though, is not that. The aim of the game is to give you put yourself in a position in a low risk high return position to capitalize on growth so that you can transfer that wealth into higher cash flow assets or higher cash flow strategies down the line. Now, those higher cash flow strategies could be anything from um, adding granny flats. It could be um, doing a small lot subdivision and building and owning the house and getting a high yield out of that. It could be um, boarding house conversions. It could be building a new boarding house. There's a lot of value in that. Um, it could be buying unit blocks. There's there's, or it could even be commercial. There's a lot of cash flow plays out there, but to do a pure cash flow play, you need to have first built up the rest of your portfolio to make that work, right? Uh, so the aim of the game when you're building your portfolio is don't try and replace your income. Try and create something that's going to be massively impactful and allow you to move to where you want to go. That's why mm-hmm. we talk about the apex progression. That's probably a whole like another discussion where we talk about moving through the three phases of foundation, then acceleration, and then yeah. legacy. And it's following those... The simple three-step process, that is what's going to take you to where you want to go. Yeah, which is also like usually speaking with speaking with usually early investors that say, oh, I want a property that's 10% yield first up because I want the cash flow. Yes, sounds nice eventually, yes, but start with the foundations of what we're about to talk about, the principles that we're about to talk about, something that is – at the end of the day, it is cash flow positive for the sake of security and for the sake of longevity in something that is going to grow over time first and then yep. stack them up, not for the cash flow component, but for the overarching, I don't want to say equity because I don't literally mean equity, but I mean the whole strategy is raising in value and then you can revisit higher cash flow C- Correct, options. correct. Chasing cash flow alone is a fool's errand. I've said it before and I'll say it again, just chasing cash flow and not chasing growth. There are ways to manufacture growth and that's kind of coming to the third principle. Um, but just chasing cash flow, I don't think is, I don't believe that that's the most robust way. I think there's a better way to do it where you can really optimize your portfolio outcome in a much more powerful way. Um, and we'll talk about that next because you touched on a really great point. The next the next principle in a holy trinity, so we've covered positive cash flow. The next principle is high growth and choosing the right area. Now, 
that might, you, you know, like how do you do that? Well, there's obviously a lot to it. Now, what we want to look at is we want to look at things like, you know, taking a little step back before from what I was about to say. Interestingly, right now, there's net zero migration, net zero interstate and international migration. Mm. So one of the things that we'd normally talk about is like population growth and all of that kind of stuff. Well, realistically, the borders might not, the international borders might not open again till the end of the year. So we can now no longer reasonably um, pursue population growth as a key driving metric of um, supply and demand pressure and growth growth likelihood mm. it's just not possible right because the only thing that's going to change population growth is births and deaths mm. it's a very interesting environment anyway but what we want to look for is, is high growth areas we are looking for very low supply risk we're looking for really tight vacancy rates we're looking for areas with really strong economic diversity we're looking for all of these kind of things because I can tell you right now you can go and get a um, you can go and get a 10% yielding property in an area with a vacancy rate of 4% and that's probably not going to be the best asset for you that, on the flip side though if you get a cash flow positive property in an area where the vacancy rate is I don't know let's just say 0.5% let's just say it was 0.5% in February, right? And through everything that's happening in the economy at the moment, a vacancy rate has doubled. Well, the vacancy rate's only doubled to 1%. Now, 3% is roughly where we see there's equilibrium. 3% is roughly where we're in a balanced market, roughly. Now, we always want to shoot for the, the, the tighter, the better, really. Now, so the lower the vacancy rate, the better, as long as it's trending downwards, right? That's what we always want to look for, the trend, not just the data viewed in isolation is, is just a, it'll just tell you lies, right? So we want to look for good growth areas, not just cash flow, because what that is going to do is that's what's going to really drive up our portfolio. That's going to drive up your net worth and that's what's going to give you the ability to leverage that wealth into further, uh, into further assets, okay? This is a long game. It's not a get-rich-quick game. And you got to follow a simple process and a strategy. Just flying into it hog wild and thinking, I'll just buy any old thing and all I've got to do is buy property and it'll all work out. That is a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for either ending up having a forced sell or having an underperforming asset or something that goes into negative equity or something that costs you money. Or basically, you know, I actually last week spoke to a guy, he had bought seven properties. And I was like, man, awesome. What do you need me for? <laughs> he said, well, I've made mistakes seven times and I finally decided I needed some help. <laughs> Honestly, like seven, seven properties, seven properties and every single one of them, negative cash flow, negative equity. And I was like, Whoa. I was like, how can you even afford that? And he's like, he's, he's quite, he's earns quite a lot of money, but he's like, I basically can't. And if I don't get it right in this next one, I'm out. I'm done. Yeah, right. yeah. He earned quite a lot of money, right? Uh, I just thought it was fascinating. I was like, you went seven times. Well, that is a slow learner. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so choosing the right area is critical. Uh, and it's a lot more than we can go into on this um, particular podcast. But you do have to look for growth metrics, diversified economy, um, diversified demographics, all of that kind of stuff, low yeah. vacancy rates. I think as well, that's it's still the fundamentals are still crucial right now. And it's, again, don't go chasing the quick wins when it may not be in a good area. Like you still need to do your research. You still need to check all the fundamentals and 
make sure it makes sense to purchase there, not just because you might be seemingly getting $50,000 under market, but if you haven't actually done the research, you don't actually know how that's going to help you. The fundamentals are more important now than ever yeah. before. Because unless you want to, unless you want to, like uh, you know, just make up whatever you think is going to happen in the future, it's more important now than ever before. If you can get the fundamentals right now, then you're going to be in the lowest risk position, and you're going to have the highest opportunity for reward on the other side. Think about it this way: you know, the areas that have gone down in value, they're going to take a lot longer to recover than the areas that are already staying buoyant. And this is the thing: not. You know, it doesn't matter what economist you talk to. You know, Narita Connorsby said herself, she said, yeah, some areas are going down 20 and 30% and other areas are actually going up in value. So Narita Connorsby is the, the head economist for realestate.com.au. This is like, this is very common, right? Mm. So what we actually did with our clients is we took a step back. We said, guys, we're not going to buy for a couple of weeks. We need to see what's happening. And I'm very proud of the fact we did that. We took a little step back and we really, 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 really dug deep into what is going on. And what we've actually found is that based on the principles that we're following, the principles that we're telling you right now, we are seeing um, no material change in anything that we need to do. And uh, in fact, it's showing more signs than ever that it's going to be you know, more successful and more buoyant and more profitable over the long term. So stick with it. Now, the, we've spoken about growth and the third principle is really simple. Having multiple exit strategies or adding value. Now, People sometimes mistake this part and think, oh, does that mean I just need to buy an absolute dump and fix it up and renovate for profit? Well, no, not really. Not at all. It's about having it's about having another lever that you can pull at a time that suits you. This is the real key thing. Mm. It might not suit you to go and do a renovation right now. Right? But so maybe and maybe you don't even want to do a subdivision right now, right? But 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 having these kind of levers in your back pocket so that you can go, okay, if I wanted to add value, could I? So, for example, could I do a small cosmetic renovation? Does it need it right now for it to work? No. you need always, It always has to stand up on its own two feet from day one. Then the multiple exit strategies is the, is the, is the extra lever. Okay, so if you've already... If you're already in an uh, area with low vacancy rates, it's already put a positive cash flow. You've already got a couple of exit strategies. It's sellable. It's rentable. It's all of this kind of stuff, right? So this is good. And then you want to look at how you, how, can, how you can add value. So that could be through cosmetic renovations, adding granny flats, subdivisions, um, a multitude of boarding house conversions. For example, there are a multitude of different things really dependent on where you're at in your journey and what strategy is going to be most applicable to what your portfolio needs, right? Because I know many, many people who have made the mistake of thinking subdivisions. That's the way to go, right? Subdivisions are great, right? But if you get them too early in your portfolio journey, you'll get stuck. I, I, I personally know three or four people who their second property, first or second property they bought, they bought purely because they could subdivide it. But they are finding themselves unable to because they haven't built up a portfolio with enough um, resilience in it beforehand, with enough cash flow, that like to be able to fund doing that. It's a variety of different reasons why it needs to come in a little later. So you really got to understand where you're at. But it's about having that that extra lever, which is exactly why we don't look at um, new properties, new developments, stuff like that. Because if you buy a brand new off the plan house on a 350 square meter block, there's like you can't add value to that at all. There's no way you can add value to that. In fact, it's probably going to be in a low growth area because of all the supply. 
but you can't add value to that. So if then it's all just guesswork, then you're like, I hope the market goes up. I hope I can get tenants. And then if those two things don't work out, you have no way to control your wealth. And that sounds scary as hell to me. Yeah, that also doesn't mean go and just buy any old like shit box that needs major renovations just because it's got potential to be renovated if that's not in line with you and your strategy and what's needed in your portfolio at that time. Yeah, going and adding something that needs major renovations immediately might not be the best option for you. Yeah, unless that is your strategy, right? And this is the this is the point. Yeah. This is the point. There is no one size fit all, fits all. It's not a cookie cutter thing. And these are, that's why these are principles, not tactics. All right, but these principles are, are what are genuinely going to guide you to success. If you can follow these three principles, the holy trinity, cash flow positive properties, this is a mantra that should just go around in your head time and time and time and time again. Cash flow positive properties in high growth areas with value add potential. If you get all three of those in every property you ever buy, you are going to be just fine. That's my promise to you. That's not overinflated. That is not spookery. That is not hype. That's facts. Okay. And I challenge anyone to dispute that in any meaningful way. Now, using these principles, by buying in high growth areas and all of that kind of stuff, we recently tracked some of the portfolio performance of some of our clients over the past year. And what we actually noticed. And I'm not saying that in this environment, this is necessarily going to be, I'm not forecasting this for the future. Um, so I'm not forecasting this, say, right now. But what we noticed over, when we looked at the six-month portfolio performance of our clients over the past year, we were seeing an average of 9.2% increase in growth or value from the purchase price and an average of 5.7% yield. So a lot of people out there say that you can't get growth and you can't get yield. Well, I think we're, we are proving that that is a lie. And all of those clients have done that without actually having to pull their value-add lever. Mm. So a lot of them have got it in the back pocket. could be cosmetic renovations, could be all kinds of different stuff. There's a few different strategies we've helped people with. None of them have had to pull that lever to achieve those results. That is just purely by buying in the right place, the right time, the right assets, having the right team. So does that... Does that Given that you were a little bit nervous about how we were going to start this episode, Gabby, how do you feel about how we've ended up? I feel good. I think because the important thing to remember with this is that it is it is a set of principles. I, t- I tend to think of things like it's a language rather than a formula. I think a lot of people want formulas right now and they want roadmaps and they want where can I go and how can I progress and what are the steps tell me what I need to do. But these are principles and the language of safe long-term investing that you just need you just need to follow if you're going to be you know a long-term investor. It is a formula. Cash flow plus growth plus value add strategies equals low risk, high return success. Simple. Simple. And 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 I think that that is true. People do want formulas. People want roadmaps. This is a roadmap. This is a formula. This is principles. This is all that kind of stuff. But tactics change. Tactics change in the wind. Okay, and that's why you need to make sure that you're following a principles-based approach using the Holy Trinity. I think, I believe. And so far, the results of our clients have been great. The results for us have been great too. So, 
Now, if you want help with this, because obviously the hardest part about all this is actually finding the goddamn things, right? If you want help with this, um, we are taking on a couple of clients at the moment. Um, it is by application only. It's not for everyone. And you can apply to work with us by heading to dash dot dot info forward slash application. No www, but just dash dot dot info forward slash application. If you have an interest and if you are ready and if you're one of the first types of people, if you are, sorry, if you're one of the second types of people, the action takers, not the fortune tellers, and if you are actually ready to take advantage of this market and want to do it in a robust, safe, resilient, profitable, powerful, uh, and expedient way, and you want some help to do that, just hit us up. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, fill in an application now. And if you're not ready to buy, this is the other thing. If you're not ready to buy right now, maybe you're not financially ready, you're not emotionally ready, you're not, um, well, financially and emotionally probably, right? If you're not ready to purchase right now, then I would strongly encourage you. I would strongly encourage you to check out our online community, The Investor Lab. So go to theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. Inside that community is brand new. So you're going to be a pioneer in a whole new wonderful world of wisdom, insights, and bountiful rewards. What we're going to be doing in there is um, presenting insider insights into locations, trainings, um, expert panels, all kinds of stuff, all designed to help you move your way to wealth. That sounds like something you're interested in and you're not ready yet to purchase or even if you are and you want to join that too, head to theinvestorlab.com.au forward slash join the community. Join up now and I'll send you a little personal message to say thanks and I'll see you on the inside.